But the bottom line is, I ain't shook. Cause if the right hook comes out, crazy motherfuckers like you get knocked out. Hey, so this is Play the Controversy, and I'm Rudy. And I'm William. So on Play the Controversy, basically, we do what the name says, and we play with controversial subjects that have trended on social media. Today, we're going to tackle some Twitter drama, some uh, discourse, I think is the term that kiddies use. So when you say play the controversy, then, emphasis on play, this is a tabletop role-playing centric podcast or just a gaming centric podcast maybe we should say it's more gaming than anything else because i suppose yeah this is more a gaming centric podcast i won't say it's a tabletop we're not gonna use mechanics or rules or anything like that and the and the topics we're going to be covering are mostly going to be controversies from within the gaming sphere right is that a good way is that correct like we're going to be focusing on kind of like controversies from the world of gaming is that that's a good way to put it yeah uh definitely we're gonna focus on things that i personally see trending on my twitter feed on the right side because i'm a masochist and like the home feed (laughs) i got i don't know if i installed a fucking blocker or what but somehow i made the feed the trending topics thing in my twitter feed disappear i've never felt happier i've never felt more free i have to like go into one of those other like tabs to see it Ah, gotcha yeah why i have it still enabled and i've never felt angrier so i guess i guess we'll find out how angry how angry i can get i guess i don't know but no basically on this we're gonna play with uh emphasis on the play playful playing around with some of these topics they're going through the discourse. This week, WOTC was trending with the hashtag. If you don't know WOTC, that's Wizards of the Coast. They make a game called Dungeons and Dragons, also known as Dragon Game. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down here, man. Okay. Slow down here. You're We're really into like esoteric, deep indie territory here, huh? Fucking Wizards of the Coast, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, if you if you don't know about Dungeons and Dragons, like I said, it's it's not my job to educate you. You know, it's not. <laughs> oh Lord, I apologize. <laughs> oh fuck, is that like a trademark phrase or something? Can I can I say Larry's phrase? <laughs> but no, like so, Dungeons and Dragons is a tabletop role playing game. You might ar- arguably, although statistically, I don't think it's arguable. It's the most popular tabletop role playing game. I would say absolutely. It's certainly like the most iconic, right? Like maybe it was exceeded by Pathfinder during that period when they fucked up fourth edition or something in terms of like sheer like player base. But my assumption now, I mean, whatever the case, it's definitely like the first thing your average human being who has not been completely warped by the world of like indie gaming versus trad gaming or whatever thinks of when you say role-playing game or at least tabletop role-playing game it's like if you say rpg now a lot of people probably think of fucking final fantasy or skyrim or whatever but yeah definitely 
that's another point I wanted to bring up on this podcast. We'll probably be talking about just generalized gaming stuff, I guess, with a focus on tabletop RPGs. But, you know, if something from like Halo or whatever starts trending, if Master Chief has a bad publicity week because he, you know, fucked the wrong alien or something, I don't know. Master Chief in blackface. <laughs> those those high school blackface photos of Master Chief <laughs> finally surfaced. Right. Where he's still got the mask on, he's still got the helmet on, and he's put the blackface paint over the helmet. <laughs> it's just it's that five percent tent, right? You know, the fucking but yeah, so if something like that comes up, we'll still try to play around with it. You know, talking some funny voices, even though Master Chief, as I understand it, is a voiceless protagonist. Dungeons and Dragons had a bad week this week, specifically Wizards of the Coast had maybe a, a pretty good week for marketing, actually, since they did the thing where they released some content, the content was controversial, and the content provoked a kind of fight. They created this people, we'll say. I guess these creatures that they created that were meant, these are meant to be played by the players during the game as PCs that would be part of the party or you know, adventurers pretty much since Dungeons and Dragons is about adventuring and going into dungeons and slaying things and doing all the things that we don't do when we play the game generally. <laughs> okay. I I know what D&D is. I know broadly what we're talking about, but I have no idea about the specifics of this controversy. So my understanding from what you've said is Wizards of the Coast put out a new playable character race. Am I am I with you so far? Yep, that's right. Okay, okay. And this race is controversial. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're kind okay. of kind of controversial. Okay. okay, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, okay. Yep. So this this race of, of people was put out for some of the latest spell jammer work, which is the latest D D campaign setting, which is basically the place where you have your little adventures in or whatever. I don't have a better way to say it, so I'll just say it like the guy in Saving Private Ryan says. It's an enslaved monkey race of minstrels who like to engage in <laughs> mostly one-way flattery with elves. <laughs> oh, hold on. No. Hold on, hold on, no. hold on, hold on, yep. hold on. This is, this is not an exaggeration. Wizards of the Coast released a new playable race and they're monkey minstrel, enslaved monkey minstrels. Yes. They, they are monkeys. Monkeys. Now, not, not all of them, I guess, are minstrels. So there is one image. It's very choice that I will attach to this podcast. Can you show it to me? Put it in the chat right now. I want to see this image. I need to see this image. And here's the direct link on here. Okay, let me take a look at this. Let me... Opening it up now. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, I mean, okay. Okay. Benefit yeah. of the doubt. What I'm looking at is a picture of an anthropomorphic monkey man. Yeah. Uh, he's got a stylish hat on, and he's playing a, I don't know, what is that, a mandolin? And he's dressed like. I don't know, like a Dungeons and Dragons bard. Yeah, yep. Um, and anything else I see is a function of my implicit pre-programmed racism, but not at all. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just... Uh, I mean, if you notice, there's three monkeys there, and not all of them are minstrels. Yeah, they're... 
Yeah, there's a druid there and a rogue, and they're dressed just like the standard Dungeons and Dragons druid and the standard Dungeons and Dragons rogue. Um, and neither of them evoke quite the same feeling in my heart <laughs> as as our bard. But so, um, also, if you notice, they have like wings. They're the flying monkeys from the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yep. Which, as we know, are not problematic at all. And, you know. No. Yeah, so they're just monkeys, right? Just I mean, I don't know. Anthropomorphic monkeys. Let's get more into the lore here, because it's easy to abstract this shit out. And I imagine that it would be very difficult for Wizards of the Coast to include any kind of anthropomorphic monkey race in Dungeons & Dragons without there being a controversy about how it was racist right because there exists let's not beat around the bush <laughs> a group of people for whom their livelihood depends upon finding things to be offended about right in media there's a whole there's a whole very lucrative vein of media criticism that's dependent upon and re finding something that's pretty benign, figuring out how to make it deeply offensive, and then and then getting pissed, and getting clicks from being pissed, getting engagement from being pissed, selling ad revenue on the basis of being pissed. And, and to be clear, like this is not strictly a like woke phenomenon or anything. That like there are plenty of people on the right who do, who are who are making bank off the same phenomenon so you can imagine that it would be probably completely impossible for wizards of the, wizards of the coast to release a playable monkey anthropomorphic monkey race without someone saying something right because the controversy is implicit in anthropomorphic monkey race so what's the detail so my, my question is What's the specifics here? Like, what are the specifics of the lore that really have people up in arms about this? So I'll, I'll just read a little section of the lore. Yeah, yeah, please do. Several hundred years ago, a wizard visited Yazir, the Hadazi homeworld, with a small fleet of spell jamming ships. Under the wizard's direction, apprentices laid magic traps and captured dozens of Hadazis. The wizard fed the captives an experimental elixir that enlarged them and turn them into sapient bipedal beings. The elixir had the side effect of intensifying the Hadazi's panic response, making them more resilient when harmed. Oh no. Uh that that's not the whole uh the whole deal actually. Okay. <laughs> so the other thing I guess these monkeys also appear to enjoy being slaves. And that was one point that was kind of brought up as a stickler. And let me just read a little bit more of the lore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind Please of. do. Hadazi were not philosophers. They gave little consideration to the ethics and morals of other races. They simply wanted to do good and happy work. They oh, my God. Great... Really? But wait, there's more. They took great joy in the simplest of shipboard tasks and chores. So they were singing while they were. Zippity <laughs> doodah. <laughs> So a lot of people got a little bit miffed about some of this stuff. This came out in the ways it usually does. So on social media, 
whenever there is some kind of controversy like this, you have the people who inevitably come out to say, you know, I'm angry about this. And then you have the people who come out and say something you actually had said earlier, you know, this is just your, this is just your personal hangups, you know, seeing, trying to find something wrong with innocuous fantasy, et cetera, et cetera. So you had those people come out and a big fight kind of, you know, with stars and dust clouds and everything, you know, some Tom and Jerry shit kind of emerged. Eventually, the fight got so loud that it got back to Wizards of the Coast, you know, who, you know, who totally developed this out of, you know, th this totally wasn't some kind of scheme to get that fight to emerge and to get, of course not. you know, revenue and, and advertising clicks. That that never crossed anybody's mind. That I don't even know why happened. I said that. What the fuck am a I talking about? A manufactured controversy? <laughs> yeah. To bring attention to your brand? No, no one would do that. Why would you do yeah. that? That wouldn't be worth it. But eventually they made a statement about it and they said, you know, we, we failed our adventurers, I think was the title of the, the statement. And basically, <laughs> <laughs> and basically they said that, uh, you know, they removed the content and they did change the content to a much, a much less, a much less controversial version of it, which I don't have on hand, but I think it's actually closer to the 1980s version of the same species the controversy is over the newer description of the, the content. But these these guys, I guess, were in the legacy 1980s version of Spelljammer. So, well, everything was better in the 80s, I guess. Yeah, that's my understanding. <laughs> that's when we were born, rip. Yeah. Yeah. A rich man's world. Yeah, so I mean, basically what we're going to do is we're going to roll up some characters. And by roll up, I mean, I've created some prompts and they are all going to be characters surrounding this controversy. You've got some elves, you've got some Hadazi monkey people, you've got some people that might just be on a spell jam or whatever. Oh, please, Lord, please, Lord, let me roll an elf. <laughs> please, please do yeah. not let me roll one of the the, the monkey people <laughs> right do you have a d6 dice on you i'll roll first okay. so that's a result of four so my character prompt is a hadazi who's like fuck with me Okay. All right. Let's let's see what I get. Rolling five. A Hadazi spelljammer crewman who worked damn hard to become second in command. Oh, and you've got some setting prompts here too. I do. So now we're gonna roll to basically see where we are. I'm not gonna describe anything. We're not gonna do the DM, you know, intro thing where we describe in lavish detail all the worryings of the machinery and all the other bullshit so spelljammer setting from what i understand of it is basically D and in space except it's ether space it's like a, the ethereal area so they don't have to get off the planet they just have to cast a spell or something to get into this area and uh, but still you know there's ships and stuff that are floating around 
and uh, many people doing spacey stuff. From, from what I understand, there's like giant hamsters and shit that are floating around there too. There's all kinds of creatures out there. A spelljammer is just a ship that traverses this area, essentially. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Is this all just a pretense for you to force me to engage in some kind of firefly role playing? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe because it's certainly you couldn't have been like boy i know will has an absolutely contemptuous disdain for firefly the television show that every other human being loves and would not under any circumstances if i told him hey let's do some firefly themed role-playing would not under any circumstances participate in that but oh, i mean i I don't know. I mean, come on, man. I mean, do you, do you want to run this ship? <laughs> I do. Yeah, actually. Uh, uh, well, you can't. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Okay. Okay. So you have to roll up a setting, right? Yep. And I'll uh, do the honor of that. I rolled a four. That result is a ceremony where a crew member is being awarded a commendation. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you're going to frame the scene then. So is that how this works? You're going to frame the scene scene? Sure. Yeah, so we'll say we're on some kind of ship, a uh, spell jammer. We'll say that somebody we know, another Hadazi say, has been awarded like the equivalent of employee of the month. How does that sound? I like it, like, but why don't we make it a non Hadassi? Why don't we make it a a different member of the crew? How about a human? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. There we go. So he's, it, he's up there on the stage getting his award or she or whoever. Does it look like the scene from Star Wars? <laughs> Oh, That's the yes. first thing that I, I think of whenever like I hear about an awards ceremony in science fiction. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we'll say it looks just like the scene in Star Wars and we're in the audience um, kind of applauding or whatever. Yeah, we're just talking to each other. We're right next to each other in the audience. How about that? So we'll frame it close so that we can... That sounds good. That sounds good. Get some interplay here. So once again, our characters... Yours is mine is a Hadazi spell jammer crewman who worked damn hard to become second in command. Gotcha. And mine is a Hadazi who's like fuck with me. Yes. Yep. So alrighty. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Do it live. You know. I bet I could outwork him. You bet you could, huh? You bet you could outwork I, him. I bet. Yeah? Sir. Why haven't you? I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm standing here. You're standing next to me. He's on stage. He's getting getting an award. What are you doing? You're you're, you're sticking Sir. Yeah. Permission to speak freely, sir. Permission denied. Okay, then. Well, I guess you don't want to hear what I have to say, then. Yeah, that's what permission denied means, private. It's, I, I know what denied means. Yeah? I've been denied my whole life. Oh, fuck.
fuck. Here we go. Here we fucking go. Here we go. I'm just Listen, saying. No, I no, no, that guy. no. Before you go off, before you go off, before you go off, look around. Look around. What do you see? I don't know. It's the inside of a spaceship or something. Yeah, you would see the inside of a spaceship. Look around. What do you see? I don't know. There's a bunch of people here. Yeah. Do you see anyone acting a fool? No. No, I don't maybe. either. Maybe. I don't either. Yet. Yet. Well, maybe I'm about... Maybe I'm finna act a fool, man. Maybe you... Think about that. Maybe you are about to act a fool. Should you? Finna be. I don't know. <clears throat> you what? Private, speak louder. You what? I'm I'm about to be acting a fool, sir. You are about to be a fool. Not acting a... Think about that for a second. Think about that. Think about the distinction between acting a fool and being a fool. Well, sir, I'm no philosopher. What's the distinction there? From the outside, looking in, none. From the perspective of your commanding officer... None. You get me? You look up look up on that stage. Yeah, I see. I mean, it's yeah. just... Yeah, you probably work for it, but, you know, not as hard as some people work for it. I mean, I work pretty hard, too. And I, I look at him. He's, got, he's a human. He's got he's got boots on. He's got four fucking things. I can reach with four hands. I reach with my feet. I reach with my hands. and pull this lever with that one. Pull that one. Uh, uh, like that. You know, I can give it... I can give it twice as much. Four times as much. Six times, eight times as much as he can. So, Private, what I hear you saying is you have a natural advantage and you're still not on that stage accepting an award. Oh, yeah, but it's because of... Oh, sir. Private? Because of what? Oh, permission to speak freely, sir? Permission granted. Oh, sir. It's because my name isn't... Isn't what? I don't know. Isn't like Lothlorien or some shit. Lothlorien. <clears throat> Private? Sir? What do you think my name is? Do you think my name is Lothlorien? Do you think I'm descended from a long line, line of elves or men? You think I can trace my lineage back to Gondor, private? Well, sir. No. No, private. But, sir, permi permission to speak a little freer, sir? Permission granted. Well, sir. They've always got to have one, sir, if you know what I mean. What? What? One what? No, no, please, please. Define. I, I, I need to know what, one what? One second in command? Well, strictly speaking, sir, yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. There's a hierarchy in place. There's a command structure in place. There does need to be someone on the deck filling my role yeah there does 
But that's not what you were going to say. Is it private? It's not what you were going to say at all. Oh, Sarah, I was just going to um, opine about something. Opine? That really... Private? Sarah, like I said, I know philosophy. <laughs> Sounds like you have your opine in your mouth, private. Opine, private. You were just going to opine. And you wonder, you wonder, you wonder, right? Why I'm here and you're there. A rich man's world. Rudy, so tell me, how are we going to close this thing out? So close things out, I figure we would take various tweets from the tweet storm that happened during the discourse with a capital D, and we'd do some high school debate club shit, read the tweet, and then each of us would take a side. So uh, I'll read the first one here, I guess. And then we can choose sides and whatever. Yeah. So the first tweet is by uh, someone called Helios X01. Uh, and this is a reply to Wizards D&D, the official uh, company that makes Dungeons & Dragons. This person said, only racists would have thought that content was offensive. You simply admit that you're racist. So I think the position here to take a side on would be that only racists would have thought that content was offensive. So one of us is going to argue that only a racist would have thought this monkey slave race was offensive. And right. the other person is going to take the side that, no, in fact, you can believe the monkey slave race is offensive without yourself being a racist. Yeah, that, that sounds right. I'll take, okay, okay, I'll take the only a racist would think that this monkey slave race is offensive position. Okay, so I would take the opposite of that, which is, yeah, there's there's other stuff here that's problematic that, you know, or, well, there's, yeah. Yep. All right. So my position, essentially, is that this is totally benign fantasy shit, right? That, like, I'm looking at this thing, and I am seeing an anthropomorphic playable, I'm seeing a race of anthropomorphic animals, of which there are many, many within the D&D ecosystem, right? Like there are lizard people, there are cat people, there are every conce conceivable, there's vulture people, there are even vulture people, believe it or not. So why is there any inherent racism to a monkey person, right? Like a totally objective observer whose lenses of perception were not tainted by their deep internalized racism would see them and say, oh, those are just anthropomorphic monkey people, just like there are anthropomorphic lion people and lizard people and so on. So, so I think you have to be racist to even grok how this could be racist in a larger con in the larger context of D D, where anthropomorphic animal races are commonplace. Okay, well to that, something you said, if you take 
an objective lens to it. I think that's correct. Like if we were to get someone from another planet, say from or another plane, let's say from Faerun and showed them this race <laughs> uh-huh. and said this, you know, this, uh, you know, this is offensive to African-Americans. They'd say, what's an African-American? <laughs> because you know, What's an American? I don't know. But I think you have to look at it in the larger context of, you know, because nothing's objective, right? So you have to look at it within our own frameworks and contexts that we as people, as players, uh, not necessarily as characters or as people interacting with a fantasy world, interacting in a fantasy world. We have to look at it outside of the framework of that. And, you know, if you, if you look at that, there are some things that are certainly reminiscent of aspects, un, unfortunate aspects of, of human culture, human society today. I mean, would you today? not agree? No, well, today do we and, have monkey people in slavery today? I may have I may have misspoke uh, when I said today, but in 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 the recent modern era, how, how we have a, we have a history of enslaving anthropomorphic ape people. Ah, uh, well, I I see what you're trying to do there, but <laughs> the comparison there, you know, during slavery, a mm-hmm. lot of the arguments for slavery were that the the Negro was halfway between man and beast these caricatures of you know the monkeys and stuff like that they come from things from a period you know where there was phrenology there was physiognomy stuff like that that was scientific racism they come from an era of scientific racism where you know evolution wasn't as understood and that sort of stuff and you know a lot of these things are certainly very reminiscent of that wouldn't you agree that certainly certainly they I don't think so. I don't agree. I don't agree. Okay. I mean, to be, let, let, let's see your point here. Like, let, I, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna do the Ben Shapiro shit where I, where oh, I no, like, no, do it. just keep throwing like leading questions at you and, and evade, but no, let me, let me try to, let me try to give my position. The honest, like the, let, let me try to engage honestly for a second. And let me concede that America actually has, a racial history that 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 no let, let let me concede that a his there's an insidious history of race there's an insidious racist history of comparing black people to monkeys right let me concede that, okay that like Fair enough. That, that that there's a long history of racist rhetoric about how how black people are essentially monkeys, right? Like sure, that, sure. <laughs> I'll concede that point. Okay. Let me also concede the fact that much like this monkey race, um African Americans were not only held in slavery but for a long period fucking basically bred like animals within the conditions of slavery, right? Against their will treated like cattle treated and and that the the inclusion of that here I mean, there's also the tuskegee experiment angle where they were literally pumped full of drugs and other stuff so, right, you know, right you could see where it could get a little and let me also concede the existence of minstrelsy and the association of sure 
blacks with the minstrel show and blackface and all of that. Let me concede America's brought racial history. And let me also concede that if you look, there are some pretty striking parallels here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But taking that all into account, I still hold that you would have to be a racist to look at this, at what Wizards of the Coast has presented here, mm. and to say, and to have your mind immediately jump to the conclusion that this is racist, right? That this is mm. an intentional act of racial stereotyping or simply a passive, unintentional, but harmful act of racial stereotyping. Now, now would you say, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering about your thought process. Uh, is that because you believe that everyone's a racist? <laughs> that would be the easy way to go about it, right? To say, oh, and I know this because I'm a racist. <laughs> Hey, so am and I. That's hey. where my wet mind went right away, right? Hey, that would be that would be, but that's a slam dunk. That's too easy. That's too easy. But what I would say instead to try to like offer some kind of defense for this argument is that the the reflexive tendency to immediately frame anything that could be racist as racist. To use racism as your first interpretive framework before considering more benign possibilities. And when given the option between viewing it through a racialized lens and viewing it through a benign lens, if Mm. your knee-jerk impulse is to view it through the racial lens, then you, by definition, are a racist. And you were making a conscious or unconscious choice to continue to live in a society where racism is pervasive and foregrounded in our dialogue. How about that? Like you're making, not only are you a racist, but you're making a a choice to perpetuate racism and to have racism continue to be at the forefront of our discourse and at the forefront of, of, of our way of looking at the world and you may actually make it impossible for us to eradicate racism because you just keep reinforcing and reinforcing and foregrounding and foregrounding the psychology of racism. What would you say to that? Well, I would quote the, the Google definition of racism. A racist is, because you said by definition you're a racist if mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. believe that these monkeys... Yeah, the Google definition is racist noun a person who is prejudiced against or antagonistic towards people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group typically one that is a minority or marginalized so what i would argue is that the people pointing out the uh, the faux pas or whatever this race are they really being antagonistic towards black people when they do that or are they trying to help them don't you think it's kind of an act where they're kind of trying to champion you know to prevent harm before it's done i mean to prevent you know the so-called microaggression or that type of thing that's what people are trying to do they're trying to champion uh the people they're not trying to antagonize them right they're trying to champion the victims of racism by creating an antagonistic racial dialogue Uh, that's your argument 
yeah i mean i i, I mean basically yeah. okay so you caught me there. <laughs> but i mean but it and right now i'm Come doing on, don't let me mention here on this shit come back and fucking <laughs> bam because we need we do, i i don't i don't want people no. to be listening at all thinking oh he's <laughs> <laughs> no but like he's a oh racist my... and this is a racist podcast and they're strong manning the racist <laughs> <laughs> but, but what what i'm trying to say is is it really racist does it make you a racist to point out problems you know essentially social ills you know uh they're being used you know essentially for profit in a corporate put out work you know in, in dungeons and dragons it's sold you know to a lot of people is it is it racist to point out those issues with it and as a minority possibly you know is it racist to point those things out and say hey you know that makes me feel uncomfortable is that racist to do that does that make you antagonistic towards you know your, maybe your own race oh you know, if you if you're doing shit like i mean I, it seems to me they're just pointing out the issues with it they're pointing out something they say hey that makes me uncomfortable and it seems an unfortunate way to do it right is that is that racist to do that well let's take a utilitarian approach to this <laughs> oh, what no. are the outcomes here because in my in, yeah, from okay. my perspective the outcome of starting that discourse is an increase in racial resentment an increase in racial antagonism and an increase frankly in racism right like by mm. having these conversations again and again you make a lot of people regardless of their race you force them to you force people for whom like race is a secondary tertiary or tertiary mode of viewing the world or less than that people for whom like race is not one of the prominent lenses that they apply when examining the world, you force them to view the world through a racial lens, right? And yeah, but they already view the world through that lens because that's a necessary lens of living in the world. That's how people live in the world, right? They view it through the way things are in the world. But is it a primary lens for most? People? I mean, for really? for a like, lot honestly. for a lot of minorities, I think it is because I think for a lot of minorities who are living in a hyper-racialized, you know, world. And that's because of pressures put on them through system, systemic and institutional power. You know, I think a lot of those, those minorities see it, see this all the time. They see us everywhere because it's done to them. This is done to them. This is frequent. It's pervasive. I think that's the argument there, right? Is this is a pervasive thing and you can't help but see it there. And that doesn't make you a racist, that just makes you a victim of racism. That's a valid argument. But let me let me let me reframe the conversation here. Imagine a tabletop group. Imagine some friends sitting at a table. Okay. And they, they the weekly role playing group in Perar in fucking I in in I don't know what's the in, in Peoria fucking in peoria okay it's okay it's, it's three white guys one black guy they get together every week and they play D D. Okay. okay now i'm gonna pitch you two different scenarios in one of these worlds in both of these worlds 
<clears throat> one of the guys, and I don't know that it matters whether it's the white guy or the black guy, maybe it will to you, buys the new Spelljammer campaign setting and wants to run a campaign in it. Complete with the Hadazee as originally published. Yep, that's fair. And in the first world, this discourse has never happened. And they get down, and they get together, and they sit down at the table and play a session. In the second world, this discourse has happened. And they're aware of it. Because they even have Twitter in Peoria. And they sit down to play a session using this campaign setting. In which of these two worlds do you think the black dude at the table has more fun, feels less uncomfortable, and feels less forced into a position of like racial defense and self-awareness? Well, see, I think that's an unfair dichotomy, maybe. Really? Because, well, yeah. Because I, I think... think this is what is happening in, like, homes across this country, that people are getting together and behaviors that they engaged in that were once not racialized for them are now, because they've been subjected to this discourse, fraught with all these racial connotations that they hadn't considered before, and that that awareness of those racial connotations make these exchanges more uncomfortable for everyone involved. And as a result, people walk away from it and say, why was that so uncomfortable? And often draw racist conclusions as a result. Oh, like it was uncomfortable because, you know, I had to think about black people and I resent this. And now I'm going to be racist towards black people. I know that's really reductive, but you get what I'm saying, right? Which is that the I understand what you mean. This, my, I am confident that in that first scenario, under 99% of situations, those guys sit down and they play it exactly like they would any other campaign setting. And maybe there's a little bit of racism there. And maybe as there is always like in an environment, there's maybe a little bit of racial jockeying or a little bit of racial joking. But all of that goes down smoothly and more comfortably. And in the second scenario, I think people sit at the table awkward. Maybe if they're a benign and progressive group, they feel like they have to have a conversation where they ask the black guy if he's comfortable. Are you comfortable with this? I understand there's been some some conversation about this. Are you comfortable with it? I just want to know. We want to make sure you're comfortable at this table, you know, or if they're like fucking fucking you know dickheads or whatever like no, did you you see this this shit you see <laughs> you're you're fine with this shit right though that's fucking stupid isn't it i mean i'm not asking you because i know it's fucking stupid but that's fucking stupid right can you fucking believe this and in both of those situations the black guy is in a really fucking awkward and shitty social situation right i agree and i agree with the premise that it's a bad situation but I think it's an unfair dichotomy because I think marginalized races are always in a position like that. It just may be an unsaid position. So yeah. it just, you know, that that latent tension is there already. So it's unfair, really, to say that this is that somehow signal boosting, you know, these problems with media. Like, it's unfair to say that that is a 
that is somehow increasing the racism factor. You know, that that's just it's an unfair dichotomy because people who are marginalized always experience that. They always have that internal thing. There's always that internal calculus. If I say something, am I gonna get beat or am I, you know, me not beat and these are your friends, but you know, am I gonna provoke a reaction or am I doing this, you know, the right way or am I, you know, so it's it seems like and to excuse it as basically, you know, like, well, you know, like there might be a little racism there, but it's going to be cool and whatever. I mean, you know, that attitude seems like the attitude of, you know, frankly, an attitude that uh, that is oppressive, honestly, like, because that, it, I mean, the idea of microaggressions is, you know, you can have, you can have an attack on your person, on yourself, and you don't have to hit someone. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be an aggression. It's something that you feel internally, but you know, it's happened through these factors that are mostly social or institutional that no one really controls. No one at that table is trying to make their friend feel uncomfortable, but their friend may be uncomfortable and may be whatever. It's just due to this, you know, this environment. So, I mean, I don't, in an environment that exists for everyone because of institutional and systemic and social issues that are always going to exist. So I think it's an unfair dichotomy to paint it that way. Yeah. So what you're saying then is that foregrounding these issues is increasing white discomfort but not increasing the discomfort of minorities because they're already feeling that discomfort i that's not uh, not exactly i mean i i'm sure it is increasing white discomfort i mean fair but i think that for minorities that discomfort the way that discomfort may manifest well yeah okay you got me <laughs> you got me there <laughs> but no i yeah i i mean, I mean no i mean I, I and that might be a valid yeah me, that I mean, might be a valid position and somebody could say well actually it's a good thing that we're increasing white discomfort about this issue and we're increase. it's a good thing that we're increasing white self-awareness of this issue and in and in fact, there is no side effect of like making this more uncomfortable for people of color because it already was right because oh. the the black guy at that hypothetical table in Peoria I... was always going to <laughs> was always going to look at that anthropomorphic <laughs> monkey slave race and say, well, <laughs> <laughs> and the. And the white, whereas the white people on the at the table might be totally oblivious mm. to it, and so, and I know I'm arguing your position here, and so as a mm. result, like mm. that discomfort becomes a means for white people to like, kind of, you know, at, at, have an experience for a moment of yeah. the discomfort, the pervasive discomfort of minority minority life in a racist country. And maybe white people will walk away, will take the right, will draw a valuable and instructive lesson from that. And sure. I will see that point. Sure. But let me ask. Oh, boy. Are, are we still yeah, on let this? Let me ask you this. Look around. Look around. Uh, because we've yeah. been trying this. We have been trying. Who's we? This. We, the culture at large, the have been engaged in the execution of that experiment, that experiment okay. prefaced on exactly yeah. those grounds, yeah. prefaced on the idea that making white, that 
raising white racial self-awareness is a good thing mm -hmm. that's going to lead to a more egalitarian progressive and less race racist future sure and let me even seed that that might be might not be like a grifter ideology but might actually be a totally sincere and well-intentioned ideological position let me ask you mm. man and let me also uh -huh. see that maybe uh -huh. white people are deeply racist to their core and all of this is true all of this is true mm. but let me ask you man how has that experiment been working out? Have you do you feel that it's been making white people on the whole less <laughs> racist? Do you feel that it's been making white people on the whole treat minorities with more respect and compassion on the whole? Or do you think that the end result has been one racially motivated hissy fit after another? And in fact, white people are more racially conscious than they have been in decades and are, are way more <laughs> openly racist than they've been in decades too. Well, I agree that racism is on the right. I don't have like a racism data chart or whatever. I don't have access <laughs> to the data. <laughs> I, I don't have good data on this, but I, I think that there has been an increase in charged situations that surround race i'll put it that way sure i'm not going to speculate on the causes i i really don't have a much of a comeback for that and before quillette gets on us you know for another interview or something <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we sh i think we should do some final thoughts okay okay are we gonna are we going to um debate the other tweet yes we... yes fi just final thoughts on this this tweet oh I mean, I don't think I have any. I, I think we're. I think we. We're good. Okay. I think we beat that topic into the ground. Okay. I got a ha a classically trained Hadazi bard. Okay, so the only one left on. then must be a human spelljammer crewman who is determined to not let any Hadazi outwork him. Ha! All right, so I'll roll the setting prompt then. A badly understaffed spell jammer in abject <laughs> disrepair. Really? <laughs> sure. Okay. Oh, okay. Where are we? Are we in the engine room? What are we doing? Sure, we're in. We're in the engine room. How about that? Something should blow up. Okay. All right. Let's go. Okay. So I shift this with my left foot. Well, uh, this other well, one in my well, look at right this hand. Motherfucker. My left foot. And then hey boy, hand, hey boy, you know like, what you're doing there, boy? Ah, yes, I'm uh, repairing this engine. Oh yeah, yeah, you're repairing that that engine, huh? Yes, it's just like Beethoven. It actually operates on a similar time signature to uh, a, a great bar. Listen, I legend. don't know no Beethoven, but I can hold a oh, yes. fucking wrench. How many? How? What do you? You got? You got a wrench in one hand there. Oh, yes, I have a wrench in my uh, left hand. I can hold a uh, wrench in uh, my left hand. Hey, hey, boy, give me yeah. a wrench. Yeah, see? I can hold a wrench in my left hand. So what? Yes. So what? You can hold a fucking wrench in your left hand. Big fucking deal. And then they tell my... me you guys were bred to work. 
you're holding oh, yes, one we go this way your left hand. that way oh no put no. it in look at look put at your me. right Boy, foot I in can hold a no i can hold a wrench in my left hand so you fucking bread to work my ass can you hold a wrench in your right hand oh yes and in fact you put your right hand your right foot and I'm holding it in my right foot, but uh oh, you can hold uh, a if you wrench. Look, the foot is equivalent. Foot too. You can hold a wrench with. Okay, I can hold it. I can hold a wrench with my foot. I can hold it. No, no, you 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 sit the fuck down. I can hold it. No, I can. Look. No, I I got it. I no, don't you dare fucking help me. I got it. No, hold on. Don't hurt yourself. No, I got it. Look, I I I got it. I got it. No, I I may be a doctor and uh. You know, in Bardic science. Oh, you're no a doctor. doctor. I, I am not a I am not a physician. <laughs> I am a doctor, not a physician. It's different. Oh, it's different. It's different. Did you hear that guy? Yes, yeah, my. You hear that, boys? It's different. Well, my my doctorate is in Bardic knowledge, specifically of the classics. This boy here, he knows about two kinds of doctors. Oh no! Well, I'm holding two wrenches. Okay. Okay. You know what? I can hold a third. I can hold a third. I've got a hand free. I've got three wrenches. And I can use them too. I can use them. I got I got the one in my foot. I can get there's a there's uh, no, a, no, no, there's a nut right over there. I'm gonna get the wrench around the nut with my foot. Well I've got this one with we're, my We're not we're not supposed to be that close to the reactor. We're not supposed to, oh oh we're not Oh 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 do you you the safety doctor too, boy? Oh no! Oh. Uh, I'm mostly trained in music, as I said. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I I could see that because right now, I, 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 I fucking I have three wrenches, and you're just sitting here playing your instrument. But friend, there's a rhythm to it. It's it's like instruments. You put your right foot in, you put your left foot you out. That? There's a rhythm. Put your to right it. hand in. There's a rhythm. And you shake to it. it all about. You see, we can do it quickly. We can do it efficiently. We can do it with a rhythm. With a rhythm. The rhythm of life. Everything operates on the rhythm of life. Well, the rhythm of life. Th this fucking. Yes. Listen to this shit. Uh, although, listen, listen to actually, this. some. I, I should correct myself. Some things also operate on the rhythm of death or negative energy. That's necromancy outside of my field of specialization. But, um, yes. So we put the right foot in. Well, Oh, you put out. your right Was foot it in. The left you foot? put your right foot in, but you uh, put your left foot out. Well, not, huh? not, well my not left in, foot. Not into my, the reactor. Listen, listen, my left foot, buddy, is all in. And not, not, I, I, got, I can get this. I can get this. I can get you don't, I, Okay, you don't, I'm going to have to sit down. But I'd suggest against putting your left foot into the reactor, friend. Oh, you suggest again? How, is it, how am I going to do work with my left foot? I, I understand that you. You are classically trained bard or, or, or whatever, and you're not. You're only interested in working with one foot maximum at a time. But oh, well, down that's here, not true. down here in the fucking engine room, buddy, we need to use both feet all the time. Yes, well then, if that's the case, we should get on the good foot, as a famous bard once said. <laughs> Listen, both of my feet are good feet. Oh, well, it should be easy to get on the good foot then. I see you're standing on that wrench there pretty well. I, <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. So let's get the rhythm. Let's get the, let's get the energy in us. So you put your left foot in. Put your right foot. Left foot. Let's get right some foot, fucking right work hand. done. 
Because yes. I see the way I look at it, I've got a wrench in one hand, a wrench in the other hand, a wrench in my left foot. I'm holding a wrench with my left foot. I'm holding a wrench with my right foot. And you're sitting here humming, boy. Ah, yeah. Well, any sort of labor, even manual labor, is like, uh, it's so warm up. You know, you have, to, you have to warm up to do things. You have to play the scales, uh, as it were. Um... Warm up? Yes. Warm up. We're in the fucking engine room, buddy. It's not going to get much warmer. I feel that a little music may help us to warm up. What do you think? Music. Yes, I'm trained in at least three instruments. Uh, the harpsichord is my uh, primary, but I can also Boy, play this a mean guitar. Wrench, this here wrench is my instrument. And I'm only trained in one, but I can use four at once. Really? Yeah. That, that's quite impressive. Even I can't play four harpsichords at once. Probably. Probably. Hmm. Well, the real challenge, I guess, would be holding all four of them. And yeah. Well, can you hold hmm. one wrench and do some fucking work? Absolutely. Well, then, yeah, I uh, give me uh, another wrench. Do we do we have another wrench? Uh, uh, so I guess I guess I'm actually holding all of the wrenches. <laughs> <laughs> well, give me one of yours, friend. No, I'm not going to give you one of my wrenches so that you can upstage me. I know that's what you classically trained musicians do, right? You want oh me to give you one of my wrenches so that when the foreman comes around you'll be like massa massa he's using he's only using two wrenches and i'm using three you can just lay him off you can just fucking lay him off you can just let his family starve oh friend i'm not trying to do that at all actually no i was just no, suggesting you, you're not, you, you weren't bred to replace me because i feel like you no, were bred. bread is a I strong feel like you were grown in a fucking laboratory just to replace me just to put me out of work just to make my kids starve just to make my wife leave me because maybe i drank a little too much or, or whatever but it's your that's your fault too that's your fault too if i didn't feel threatened if i didn't feel threatened i wouldn't drink i wouldn't drink the drink uh yes it's something uh we all succumb to, I guess, uh, but... Oh, yeah, we all succumb to it. It's inevitable, right? It's not anyone's fault. I'm not trying to judge, friend. I'm I am. I'm just trying to do my happy work. Oh, you're happy to work. Well, you know what? I'm not fucking happy to work. I don't want to fucking work. I don't want to work. And I used to be able to work half as hard before you came around. How about that? How about that, huh? Well, friend, that? if... I didn't have to hold a fuck. Look, I'm holding a fucking wrench with my foot. Why am I holding a wrench with my foot? What do I have to oh, you're, prove? Oh, you're not. That That's why. <laughs> uh, you're, uh, you're stepping on a wrench. No, friend. I'm holding it with... Look, I can... Friend, you can no more hold that wrench with your foot than I can... Oh, yeah? You know what? That. I need to take my boot off first. I will show uh, you. I will, I'm okay. taking my boot off, boy. I'm taking a... Okay. Okay, gotta okay. take off the sock. Okay. Do you need help, friend? Or? No, I don't need help. Mm. I've got it. I've got it. 
We've got it. We're gonna, I'm going to pick up this wrench. What, what, what would you say that wrench weighs? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hefty. It, it's hefty. It's hefty. Okay, it's a hefty wrench. Hefty. And you think you can lift it with your foot? I know I can lift it with my foot. Because you've done it before. You don't have to have done something before, before to know you can do it. I would say, friend, be careful and just don't drop that wrench into the reactor. Don't drop the wrench into the reactor. Why would you assume that I'm going to drop the wrench into the reactor? Can you, you, you can pick up that wrench with your foot without dropping it into the reactor. Yes, would you like to see? Yes, I would like to see. Mm-hmm. There it is. Okay. I can, dangle it. I can dangle it, too. Now put it down. Okay. Now, why do you assume I can't pick up that wrench with my foot without dropping it into the reactor? Well, friend, not to be, uh... No, no, tell me. Be honest. You don't have the right equipment, friend. I don't have the right equipment. I've got my tool belt on, don't I? You do. Do you have have a copy, friend, of the OSHA uh, worker's manual? Oh, I do. In fact, I think it's, I think it's, it's, I think uh, it's, you know what? No, because I threw it into the reactor because I don't fucking need it. Because if I get hurt down here, it's my fault. And you know what? I know my job. I do my job. I'm not going to get hurt down here. Now I'm going to pick up this fucking wrench with my foot. Uh, Hold on, friend. I should tell you something. Yeah. Throwing the, uh, the OSHA manual into the reactor, friend. Mm-hmm. Yes. That goes against the regulations on page 75 of the OSHA manual. Oh, okay. Well, point them out to me. You can read. Yes, friend. Okay. Read them to me. Well. You can't because I threw the manual in the reactor. And now we're on a level playing field. You can't read, I can't read. You can pick up a wrench with your foot, I can pick up a wrench with my foot. Be my guest. All right. Okay. Uh, oh no! Be, be careful! You're gonna. Oh, no, shut, shut, shut up! Shut up! I got it! 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 Oh! Oh no! Ah! Oh no! It went into the reactor. <laughs> oh! Oh! Fucking told we... you so. You you did lift it, friend, but that reactor it might become unstable now. We 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 should evacuate. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we should but at I least tell the foreman. Well, that friend, I'm not sure of, since the door is above us and I have wings and you don't. Oh, I don't have wings. Oh, so I can't fly up and reach the door. That's what you're saying. You can fly up and reach the door. But I can't fly up and reach the door. That's right. (laughs) A rich man's world. So for the next one, this tweet is along a similar axis but a little bit different. So Matt the Wizard, Matt the Wizard 01 said, 
Wizards of the Coast claim they kept the racist implication for the Hadazi because otherwise, this is a quote, otherwise uh, would be the same as claiming these prejudices never existed. The genre is called fantasy. It's meant to be unrealistic escapism from the bad things of this world, not a reminder of them. So to me, and I just just want to really you really wanted to go for our nerves from this one, huh? Yeah, that see this one to me reads as a keep the hate out of my fun type of deal. You know, it's like, hey, this is just fantasy. We're not talking about any real life shit. Keep it fantasy. Shut up. And yeah, so I guess the position here we could take a pro or con stance on is uh, should, you know, should the hate be kept out of our fun? I guess, you know, should real life elements stay out of fantasy and just leave it alone, right? Do you agree with that? or I, I think that's that's basically what's being argued here. Who do you want me to do you do you want me to take the the hard position or the, the do you want me to take the position <laughs> the hard that posture. I've been arguing for decades now, or do you want me to take the the position I've been arguing against for decades now? I'm inclined to do the latter. Just but I didn't know you... if you would have more fun taking the I don't know. I, I would have fun with both, I think. Okay. So... Well then I'll I'll take the keep the hate out of my fun position uh, because I've I don't think I've ever actually made that before. Uh, I'm taking today. the like this is escapist fantasy. Okay. Why should we inter- why should we introduce these elements to escapist fantasy, these hateful elements to escapist fantasy? And you're yep. taking the uh why not? <laughs> like, yeah. Why yeah, okay. not? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, like fantasy. The the good the thing about fantasy that makes it compelling, and the thing that makes a lot of imagination things and imaginative works and stuff compelling, is that it can be fucking anything, right? I mean, it can certainly you can reference things from real life obviously we are immersed in real life even when you're immersed in fantasy you're also thinking about the things you know from your real world daily stuff and all that shit so why not cross the two why not spice it up because it's going to make people miserable right (laughs) because (laughs) isn't it isn't it more fun well, let, let me ask you this, because we occupy a world that's full of a lot of awful, miserable, hateful things. Yes, we wake up every day occupying a shitty reality that we don't want to live in. Mm-hmm. We wake up every day and we turn on the news and we are subjected to the most vile, vile stuff imaginable. We go outside yeah. and there's roadkill on the road. We go to the supermarket and we look in our pocket and there's not enough money to buy groceries, right? And we, because of inflation or whatever, and we have to put like that package of bacon back on the shelf. And we, we go to the office and we've been passed over for a promotion. And maybe yeah. we've been passed, maybe we're black and we've been passed over for a promotion that went to a less qualified white coworker. And then we and then we <laughs> come home and we turn on the TV and Law and Order SBU is on and they're investigating a particularly graphic rape case. And, mm. and, okay. then, and that's the entertainment. That's our escape from the drudgery and misery of our lives. And maybe fantasy has a unique 
capacity to imagine a world that doesn't have any of that. Maybe it's really fucking easy to imagine a world that has all of that stuff. And maybe fantasy is the one genre hum humankind has conceived of that has the power to nullify and remove some of those things that that we we have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Some of the uglier facets of our reality and still somehow present us with a world that we can not believe exists, but feel for a moment like we could exist in, right? So why the fuck would you choose to live in a world with why? monkeys and rape and shit? <laughs> why? You know, I'm going to quote someone who's much more adept at this than me. You know, even as, you know, the editor of Misery Tourism, you say it's fucking miserable. Yeah, that that's fair, you know. <laughs> But, you know, I'm going to just quote Quentin Tarantino here because it's fun, Jan, because it's fun. <laughs> you know, I mean, that like literally like you can have fun with anything. You can play with anything. Play is about play is about fundamentally taking things that are dangerous and making them safe. Play is about taking things that are dangerous and making them safe. Well, may, putting them in a sandbox so that you can play with them so you can take them apart so you can figure out how they what is this what is this 1932 you're going to give the kid yes. a stick of dynamite and send them to the sandbox no i mean who but cares if the toys are painted you know, with lead you're, paint you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna give them the dynamite because they can imagine the dynamite that's the thing they can imagine the fireworks you can see the fireworks in your mind it's not something that you have to you it's you don't need kid gloves when it's in your head you know it's in your head that in your head it can't do any damage it can't, it can't hurt you no i don't think so it can't no i mean there certainly there's mental illness and there's things of that nature there are things that exist in your brain but does that really come from the fantasy is it really fantasy's job you know especially you know industrial paint by numbers produced by committee fantasy like Wizards of the Coast or Dungeons and Dragons, which is arguable, but you know, is it that is it the job of our entertainment to reflect a you know a higher to elevate us to 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 create to elevate us in that way to project some higher better version of our reality? Is it is it the job of fantasy to do that? No, it's the job of fantasy to transport us to a place that we actually want to inhabit. It's the job yeah, of fantasy. And, well, and I'm going to stop you right elevating. there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, what if I want to inhabit a world like that just temporarily, just so I can play around if I want to inhabit a world that's dangerous, just as dangerous as our world, maybe shittier for the purpose of playing in that world and not getting hurt. I mean, I, I get hurt in the real world. If I fuck with dynamite, right. What if I do it in a fantasy setting? I can blow shit up. I can blow myself up and I don't die. So, I mean, that doesn't, you know, sorry, if, I interrupted. What if that, I've got two 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 different tracks I can take here. I I guess I'll take I'll take the harder track. I what if that real what if that is hurting you? What okay. if you were chipping away at your soul or at some intangible part of yourself bit by bit, little by little, every time you're given the opportunity to choose between imagining a world that is 
free of racism, imagining a world that is elevated and that exists within the realm of our ideals or where you have imagining a world without evil or where evil can be defeated, where evil can be contained and where you are in the active pursuit of like defeating that evil and imagining a world where you're a serial rapist. <laughs> you know, but, like but... what if actually mm-hmm. every time you're presented with that choice and you choose to imagine that you're a serial rapist instead of in choosing to imagine that you're a paladin who's on a quest to slay a dragon and save a damsel in distress. What if you are actually doing harm not to others not to others not to not to some hypothetical like snowflake or whatever who's going who's who's going to witness your work and be so paralyzed and traumatized that they can't walk away that they can't close the browser window or that they can't ignore your behavior but what if you're hurting yourself well I would say I would ask a counter question. Um, you know, they're both power fantasies, right? I mean, those are both fantasies: the dragon being slain by the paladin to save the damsel, and being a serial rapist. And right, those are both violent <laughs> acts. Those are both violent men going out, and you know that dragon might have a family, he might have a daughter, he might fucking whatever. You know, he raped someone. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, they're they're not comparable acts morally, but I mean those are both kind of morally gray things, right? I mean, well, not the rape is bad, but like the dragon, <laughs> like slaying the dragon, like, I mean, who, like I said, who's to say that that's a totally benign act? I mean, what if you're chipping away at some instinct? What if, what if by, by doing, following your version of the fantasy, you're chipping away at some instinct that says, well, we should topple evil where we find it. You know, what, what if that's building in you that instinct? I mean, is that a good beneficial instinct to have when as as an instinct in a world that's you know like our own that's full of evil people who do bad you know bad shit is it an instinct to say we should go slay all of them or whatever i mean is that is that not chipping away at something as well i mean i mean would the world well i mean okay (laughs) But you're not going to find, you're not going to find many fantasy scenarios, even those that are predicated on the idea that evil is identifiable and quantifiable and can be defeated, that imagine that process is going to be easy, right? So I can't imagine someone, well, I can't imagine someone, but but i would counter that if the if the if the countervailing instinct that people get if if you're arguing that this is putting into other people an in a desire to struggle against evil in a world where evil is presents a real profound challenge to overcome i would say that fantasy doesn't make it seem like it would be an easy thing and also that fantasy well i guess what you're actually saying though is is that like fantasy is saying well 
this person is evil, you can kill them, right? Like goblins right. are evil. And right. so in the real world, yeah, I mean the why real world boss is a dragon or whatever, you know, he's vigilante he's a multi- justice again. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. To which to which I would say that my argument isn't that people are going to mix up fantasy and reality, right? It, it isn't that by pretending you're a serial rapist, you're going to become a serial rapist or that the person who like goes out to slay a dragon in fantasy is going to then think that they could just pick up a weapon and defeat evil in the world in that way. It's that it's that you were choosing to dwell upon and soak in a particular world view that has implications that you can rationally understand, right? But that also has emotional and moral implications. That I guess, I guess what I'm saying is that you... <laughs> Listen, this is not this is not easy for me. I spent my whole life. I understand. The opposite of this. But what I guess what I'm saying is what what if it's what if it's toxic and poisonous in a way that isn't rational? What if it's toxic hmm. and poisonous in a way and not because it's going to compel you to go out and engage in evil behavior, but because it's going to induce you to spend more of your time stewing about and thinking about and and fixating on the worst parts of reality, which then is going to, as a result, make you more depressed, make you a more miserable human being, and make you a human being where when you look when you are given a scenario, when you're giving given an ambiguous scenario and have mm-hmm. to make a split second assessment about the nature of that scenario, you're more likely to be yourself as a serial rapist than the paladin who's slaying the dragon. (laughs) And you're more likely to see a world full of evil that can't be overcome, that you're eternally complicit in, than to see a world where you can do good. Wow. And where that good can have a positive impact. How about that? Wow. Priest, wow. That That is probably the best movie trailer for Hope Punk that I've heard in a while. <laughs> um, we need to put a disclaimer on this. Like, don't, like, if you're one of our ideological enemies, you're not allowed to use our talking points. <laughs> and people quipping, quipping fucking... <laughs> pieces of this like hey like, listen to what these guys say remember the misery tourism guys <laughs> okay um yeah here's no. the editor-in-chief of misery tourism talking about like the dangers of transgressive art <laughs> yeah yeah oh boy so well, like, this is why they're closing up shop yeah exactly <laughs> they've had a change of heart there are <laughs> but this idea of the creeping negativity or the the intangible creep i guess mm is uh, it's worrying to me because it gives it seems to give a sign fantasy a power that it doesn't have like that fantasy can somehow and and art and literature and you know entertainment things like that it assigns art 
something which it doesn't have, which is the power to make a real change in someone's soul. I don't believe personally that art, at least not the consumption of art, can do that. Do you think fantasy can do that? No. But not, then not, what, not... what is what, but then what is what is the substance from which the human soul is composed if not fantasy? Um science fiction, but no <laughs> I, I, I I honestly I mean I don't know what the substance of the human soul is composed of. I have no idea of any real I have no stats or no data on the human soul except that it's twenty it weighs twenty one grams because it's a movie <laughs> or whatever. That's the only thing I know about it. <laughs> I that's the only property. So going with that property, I mean that could be twenty one grams of anything. That could be twenty one grams of shit. It could be fucking, you know, twenty one grams of I don't know, God's blood or whatever. It doesn't, you know, it could be various things that compose. I don't think a human soul necessarily is composed of any one element, certainly no one tangible element. Fantasy is a thing designed by humans, designed by people, whether it's for a video game or for something like Dungeons and Dragons, where you, it's literally an imagination game where you tap into your imagination's reserves to make this world for yourself and other people. But I don't think it's, I don't, think that necessarily like the to bring the soul into that that seems to assign it an awful importance you know a game well look, I why mean, why yeah. is it afforded that much of an importance why you know why afford something that's just entertainment that much of a importance we're talking about souls here you know what i mean well okay we can talk about souls or we can talk about like psychology we can talk about the human soul or we can talk about the human mind or we can talk about the human conscience we can talk about any one of those abstractions right Hmm. and when you think about any of those abstractions that we're so committed to that we we put so much like stock and importance in yeah what like what is the nature of those things what are those things composed mm. of they're composed entirely of fantasy they're in, composed entirely of imagination of what we believe more like moral truth to be you know whether mm-hmm. we believe in moral truth what we sure. believe moral truth to be what we believe the nature of unseen reality to be if there is unseen reality what we mm-hmm. believe like what our ambitions are what our goals are what we would like to imagine that we are what we would like the mm-hmm. way we would like to perceive ourselves and be perceived the, mm-hmm. the, the, the everything all of that all of that is fantasy okay right all all That's of it fair. is is the the act of building these these fantastical narratives around ourselves and around our purpose and around meaning meaning yeah and okay. yes you can take stake out the nihilistic standpoint yeah that all of those narratives are inherently meaningless and silly and delusional right but even that which i wouldn't i wouldn't take that i wouldn't take that position necessarily but even that's a narrative right like all of these things everything that we attach moral spiritual and psychological value to is a narrative okay and so why would the act of 
choosing one narrative and stewing in one narrative and dwelling in one narrative ad nauseum not be psychologically, spiritually, and intellectually, emotionally impactful. It may be, but I concede that it may be. But it depends on how the person engages with that narrative, right? I mean, if you believe it's harmful to you on some level, like let's say you, you're you engaging with a fantasy world that's, I don't know, it's like Warhammer or something. So it's, you know, the idea of grimdark, yeah, yeah. you know, evil shit, everybody, you know, like a battle where a million people fucking die on a planet or something like that. Um, you know, let's say you're engaging, like those type of narratives, even a war narrative can have hope in it. Mm-hmm. You know, even there's tons of war narratives that have hope in them. Are there a ton of war narratives, positive, hopeful war narratives that have racist monkey caricatures in them? Well, the race, I mean, <laughs> well, uh, let me try to think. <laughs> I'll, I'll think on that one. I mean, actually, you know, speaking of one that of a fantasy narrative that does have kind of racist monkey characters in it. That's a hopeful narrative, The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> hey, we mentioned that earlier. <laughs> so, I mean, hopeful narrative. I mean, you go in and smash the institution, and yeah, it's, you know, but there's also a witch with flying monkeys, you know. So, I don't, they're evil for some reason. But it's still a, a overall, wouldn't you agree that The Wizard of Oz is kind of a hopeful? Oh, yeah, narrative? absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, so in, in that narrative, you could be the evil monkey. You, or you could be the evil monkey master, you know, or you could be the man behind the curtain you know, rolling all the dice, you know, or you could be Dorothy. I mm-hmm. mean, right. Or you could be, the, you know, the Tin Man. I mean, uh-huh. so you, you choose your uh, the thing about role playing games that separates them is you choose your own part in the narrative. Right. So it doesn't necessarily have to in, you know, just having that. I think the main argument here, which we might have gotten away from a little bit, is why have that stuff in fantasy at all but that fails to take into the into account that in a fantasy where you can choose your role in it that may not be the role that you're immersed in totally because certainly you know playing as dorothy you know in a hypothetical wizard of oz game is gonna be a lot different from playing as you know the wicked witch right you know your your immersion into certain things and be different right so i mean those two are there that that's the beauty of perspective right i mean so that that's the argument i made so you're saying the presence of these racist monkey people in the fantasy world doesn't actually tell us anything about the moral position of that world because the moral position is determined by the actions and and affects of the characters in relation to the racist monkey people that occupy the world no 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 see now, now you're soundbiting me here <laughs> no no see i'm saying that while it may determine the world something about the world it determines nothing about how the player engages with the world sure because the players and that's what i think was your argument is that this is chipping away at something inside the player because of the way they immerse themselves in a character that has to has to be, you know, an evil monkey or has to be whatever. That's true. That's true. That's true. I'll concede that. I'll concede that. But the foundational question, though, was why, if you can choose between 
occupying a fantastical universe that has deeply racist monkey caricatures and one that does not <laughs> why choose to exist in the one that does hmm. that is an interesting question and i think that's a question that i can't necessarily answer but i think it says something about each player that player is an individual certain players um you know would be happy to exist in a hope punk universe where you know good stuff happens good there's evil but it's overcome right yeah some players would exist in a kind of neutral gray universe where you know sometimes there's evil and they act in in more of a i would say an objective focus thing like we have to go fight them because we're told to or whatever you know some people might do that um i don't know some people might want to exist in a universe where you know the god of the universe is a rapist and he comes and rapes people at night or whatever i don't know who would want it i don't know who would want anything like that that's fucking sick yeah right 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 i mean where there's a literal river of the god semen flowing through you know a part of the world and you know yeah i mean who would want a world like that i mean i don't i i feel like we've got a tangent here i i I don't think anybody would want anything like that that's just fucking sick but you know like it says something about the player and not about the content of the work again, which I don't think it's up to the, I don't think it's up to a company like wizards of the coast to be a curator of what people can experience from their work. Really? I, well, I think that's, a, it is. I mean, yes, it is. Them to be it is financial because they're, yeah, they're, it is they're a corporation but, and yeah, sure. but, they want to, they're, but why do corporate acts have to be acts of social good? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, why, why well, does that? Have to be I mean, a... because the the alternative to that is corporate acts that are exclusively motivated by profit, which is the only thing other thing that corporations can take into account, right? Like, if that's you fair. Remove the granted, like it's still a profit motivated act for a corporation to engage in acts of social good. Right. But if you remove even the selfish desire to engage in acts of social good on behalf of a, of a corporation, then you just have the unrestrained profit motive left. Fair. But I don't think that's necessarily true like i i i don't i think it's true but i don't think i don't think being neutral about you know whether or not it has to be a social good is something that's impossible to do i mean look at the movie industry movies can depict things like this they can depict you know racism you know django unchained a very hopeful movie very upbeat movie frankly a comedy arguably tarantino's (laughs) most optimistic film yeah easily and uh you know it has scenes where slaves are whipped and slave people are shot to death. You know, people are beaten. It has a lot of negativity in that movie. And yet negati- it ends, spoiler alert, on a note yeah. of like black victory and like here. I mean, exactly. it, Django is, and this isn't going out on a limb because it it's it's mentioned right in the movie. Django is a kind of reworking of the Dragon Slayer narrative because there's that moment in the film where Schultz explain tells Django 
the story of I think Siegfried, right? Who goes and slays yeah. the dragon and rescues the damsel in distress. And then Django goes on, goes to the plantation house and slays the dragon and rescues rescues the damsel in distress, right? So You're arguably right. that is like a refashioning of of like of high fantasy, of like mythic fantasy into you you know into like the into the like black uh captivity narrative experience or however you want to put it and yeah, and yeah like, no I, I know i'm arguing against my case right because it's explicitly and obviously clear that you can have a hopeful narrative that you can have a narrative will where good triumphs and that you can even have ultimately a morally uplifting and somewhat escapist narrative that includes these elements and i i just sure. argued against my case god damn it <laughs> <laughs> well, but actually you know what i'll double back and say wait well okay. actually okay okay you can have you can have a narrative that you can have an epic fantasy narrative with a positive moral message and a positive moral outcome that happens to include racism as the dragon that's being slain right mm -hmm. yeah but two questions for that number one mm. is that an escapist narrative anymore right mm. which the the guy i'm supposed to be arguing for is arguing in favor of escapist fantasy that's fair and number two and i and i shudder to even say this <laughs> this is what they would say right can your average group of players be trusted to craft that kind of hopeful narrative given these components are they going to make ape noises and well 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 while trying to rap <laughs> trying to rap or rape rap uh, or rape rap and rape right rap and are rape, they gonna yep. throw banana peels around and 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 like recite snoop dog lyrics and broadly like be as racist as humanly possible yeah yeah so to answer the first question yeah. um no <laughs> i mean it's not an escapist narrative i i guess i mean although you could argue that everything is escapist yeah. in the sense it's in the mind uh, to answer the second question no uh but should they be <laughs> i mean should, i mean when you say trusted, I mean, is it up to the company to gatekeep that experience? I mean, I guess if you want to say, if you're a strictly like, um, you know, rules is written or not rules is written. What am I trying to think of here? Um, you know, system does matter or whatever type of thing. Like you believe the game should create the experience, but D and D has never really been about that. It's a toolkit to do other things or to do whatever you want with basically. You're so, right. That the, the company can't curate that experience, right? You're right. But should the company be complicit in that experience? No, and they're not. They're not? Even by but but giving people the tools and the incitement to make it so much easier to run a really racist campaign is not complicity. I mean Yeah, I mean on some level, yes, but they didn't <laughs> Don't but, concede the point, man. But but they I mean they 
they didn't enslave people and they you know they didn't enslave the monkeys i don't know what to say here man. i mean they <laughs> did the monkeys they, they did exist and then they uh, they created them to be a slave race i mean they did yes, enslave the monkeys. They, they did literally enslave the monkeys at least but, within the realm of the imaginary they they enslaved yeah the, monkeys. the realms of the unreal <laughs> uh i you know yeah okay but um I don't think it's necessarily up to the company to essentially game every case of how their material be used. If, I mean, if racists gonna racist, then they're gonna do it, right? I mean, and that again, it's a function of the group, sort of. But does that mean yeah. that, like, like, okay, so should I don't know what what's a major record label? Death Row. De they, okay should death row records well but the, you're dealing with one that's like one of the most like ethically dubious yeah. labels okay, okay. Gris okay. griselda griselda so, then huh griselda uh, griselda okay should griselda records sign um oh my god i've forgotten his name um, varg vickernese Var sure varg i was going to mention um <laughs> Johnny Rebel. Although oh, Johnny he's Rebel he's is dead. dead. He's I think, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Varg. Should should Griselda sign Varg Vickernes, knowing that he's an unrepented, unrepentant racist at who, who burned down churches, who stabbed his bandmate, and who gets on Twitter every day and says a bunch of racist shit. Should they uh. should they sign him then? Because after all. Racists are going to listen to and consume racist content anyway. They're going to find him, so why that's, not profit? That, that's fair. I mean, my selfish answer, um, is yes because I want to hear the uh, West Side Gun Brazil crossover. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I do too. An, you know another... what I do too. I can't yeah. and I don't. Why are we yeah. what are we arguing about? What are we yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'll leave it at that. I have no real I have no other answer for that. Yes, they yes, Griselda Records should sign Varg Vickernese. Yes. You know what? I agree with you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Bam, done. So yeah. Okay, actually, Rudy, we've had a long conversation about this shit. We've kind of tried to nail down the controversy we've role-played some scenarios we've debated the the car moral yes. issues at hand yes how do you ultimately feel about this like at the at the end of the day how, how do you feel about this controversy honestly personally this is going to be a controversial opinion i like spelljammer <laughs> that is think. a controversial opinion <laughs> Well, it was nice talking to you. Hey. No, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you know, I like the monkey race, honestly. I think there should be outright black exploitation and Dungeons and Dragons. I'll just say it right now. I think there should be a Django Unchained Spelljammer adventure where, you know, racist monkey characters go on an adventure and shoot the elven slave master or whatever. I think that should be in the game. Like, I don't, that's literally what I think. I can't, I can't nuance it anymore. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like this controversy has certainly made wizards some money because that's what happens every time the two groups fight each other. You know, the, after the battle, the necromancer comes and raises all the corpses and they now have a 13,000, 15,000, 100,000 strong 
necro army basically because right. there's this big battle there this is what happens they're just vultures they just wait for things like this to happen and they engineer this right because the very like like that weekend they made a statement about it it was like okay we're sorry and it was a half ready to go they had it ready to go it was like a half-hearted thing this race was not only engineered in some you know had a z home planet lab this race was engineered by wizards of the coast marketing people yeah and in a boardroom somewhere they said listen like we know these people get upset about this shit and we just want to go and make some money so how do we do that and so they hit the uh, the button on the algorithm they have to, you know, to look up, you know, what's most controversial. It came back, okay, black shit. Okay, okay. So who knows some black issues? Somebody raises their hand, slavery. And he said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then so he said, well, how can we piss people off the most? He said, well, you know, black people don't like being compared to monkeys, right? I mean, so, <laughs> and then, and then somebody, and then, you know, the, you know, whoever is on the, the head of the board, the CEO or whatever was like, yeah, no, that's right. That's a good fucking point. Hey, Johnson, are you, you're a black man. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're, you're now, you're now the head of, you know, this project to make this race of, you know, monkey. I don't know who made it, honestly, but you know, it, the fact is it was made by committee. It was drafted to create outrage. This is a race. that was designed bread, <laughs> bread in a lab, bread in a lab. <laughs> to create fucking outrage. And I think, while I would say that's a toxic design philosophy and it's a toxic corporate philosophy, frankly, I think that's the reality of the world we're living in where everything's algorithmic, everything is that. I don't think you can get around that. I think we'll be with, that'll be with us for some time. So, and that's and all my fact, thoughts. Sorry. It better to... be. It better be because this it's podcast be. is contingent. The, the, the life of this podcast <laughs> is contingent on that being the case. I'm living exactly. in a world of algorithmically generated controversy. Correct. <laughs>